Doris Davenport. I'm a contributing correspondent for Black Muse. Black Muse is where creatives from the worlds of jazz, hip-hop, gospel, politics, sports, fashion, theater, and literature engage in the lively art of conversation. We're back with you once again with one of our interviews of a living legend. I am so honored to be here today with commercial photographer and photojournalist Howard Simmons. Howard Simmons was born on June 11, 1943 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That would also be the home of August Wilson. His mother, Lillian, was a day worker from South Carolina while his father, Luther, was a contractor from Pennsylvania. Simmons and his older sister, Margaret, were often moving around as children. In 1961, Simmons graduated from Westinghouse High School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Immediately after graduation, Simmons enlisted in the U.S. Air Force where he played French horn with Air Force service bands until 1966. While serving, he became interested in photography and began photographing arrangements he would make with various materials from the barracks. In 1966, Simmons began working for Gateway Studios as a photo lab technician with a desire to become a commercial photographer. The following year, he compiled a portfolio and presented it to Ebony Magazine, where John H. Johnson hired him as a staff photographer. With Ebony, Simmons covered Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s funeral in Atlanta and Coretta Scott King's subsequent rally in Washington, D.C. in 1968. From Bob Black, his friend Bob Black told Simmons the Chicago Sun-Times was hiring. So Simmons joined the staff doing photojournalism until 1976. In 1973, Simmons, John White, Ovi Carter, and Bob Black created the exhibit Through the Eyes of Blackness, which displayed the everyday life of blacks. In 1976, Simmons left the paper to become a self-employed commercial photographer. He did advertisements for Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Sears, Folgers, Amoco, Kellogg's, and others traveling as far as Zimbabwe and Paris. In 1980, Simmons shot the first cover for Black Family Magazine, and in 1983, he bought a building in Chicago and turned it into what became his favorite commercial photography studio. Simmons' work is showcased on his website, howardsimmonsphotography.com, opened in, in 2009. Simmons is married to the beautiful Marva E. Simmons, and together they have three children, Robin Mugnini, Tracy McGee, and Christy Edwards. Thank you so much, and welcome, Howard Simmons. Yes, thank you. And I'll get in trouble. <laughs> Munyaini, that's Robin's last name. Yes, that's oh, Robin's Robin. last name. I don't want to get Thanks for that. And, uh, <laughs> well, so, thanks for being here with yes, Black Yes, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Well, we talked about a lot in your bio, so we're going to spend some time unpacking all of that. Got a lot to unpack. <laughs> we do have a lot to yes. unpack. Well, tell, tell our audience, how did you get interested in photography? Well, when I was in the Air Force uh, in the band, which was a wonderful way to serve my country, I was home on leave and my buddy, uh, who 
interestingly enough, introduced me to my wife, <laughs> had borrowed a camera, and I saw him with the camera, and I said, Devin, uh, can I borrow the camera? And so I took pictures around Pittsburgh, and I had taken pictures before, but only with cameras like the Brownie Hawkeye, and with that camera, the photographs were always kind of fuzzy, never sharp. Mm -hmm. And so the camera that he loaned me could be adjusted for focus and exposure because uh, with the film that you purchased, the paper would give you the different exposure mm -hmm. and aperture to use. Mm -hmm. And so when taking pictures in sunlight, you would adjust for sunlight and adjust for cloudy days and the focus was, uh, uh, would be on the camera, and so you would adjust for 10 feet, 20 feet. Do you remember so the make of that? Um, it was it was a folding camera with the uh, bellows, mm -hmm. and uh, a small camera, old an old camera, mm -hmm. but it could focus and it could uh, adjust mm -hmm. for lighting conditions. So when I got my film back or my prints back, wow, <laughs> the pictures were sharp, and mm -hmm. I'd never had sharp pictures before. So. That was the way it started, and I fell in love. So I started shooting all over the place, and I bought more film and started shooting. So when I got back to uh, uh, the base, I immediately bought a little camera, mm -hmm. Kodak Retinet, that was the camera. Kodak Retinet? Kodak Retinet, yes, mm -hmm. and I got my little camera. And I was shooting everything I could find. <laughs> so then I bought uh, a better camera, and then I bought my Pentax camera, and that's the way it started, and mm -hmm. I was off. So I, I read as much as I could on photography, and I shot as much as I could. And so I'm self-taught, mm -hmm. and that's how I learned photography. And then I was shipped to the Philippines, and overseas. Now did you do all of that self-training before you went into the Air Force, or was this while you oh, were in this the Air was, Force? I was in the Air Force at that time, because uh -huh. when I borrowed Devin's camera, I was home on leave. Okay, yes, yes. So then I got shipped to the Philippines. So the advantage uh, there was that I could purchase a camera much cheaper mm -hmm. uh, overseas. The dollar was strong. Yes. <laughs> and so I bought a Pentax camera. That was my first camera. And it was a single lens reflex, which is a much mm -hmm. better camera. So then my photographs were much better, and I shot just nonstop. And I was really uh, in love with photography. Mm -hmm. And I would uh, shoot in the barracks, as uh, explained in my bio. I would take pictures while in the barracks, and I even. Uh, traded my old Pentax in for a Nikon. Oh. That was the camera, got my Nikon. <laughs> and so I bought, I actually got another camera, I got two Nikons, and then I bought lenses so I could have a variety of lenses for my Nikon. Well, sometimes the lenses are more expensive than the camera. Yeah, that's right. So I, uh, I actually extended my time in the service. I could have been discharged in four years. I extended my time so I could buy more cameras overseas. <laughs> However, when I, my papers came through, mm -hmm. I was shipped to Mississippi. 
what? Biloxi, Mississippi. In those days, from the Philippines. Yes, from the Philippines. <laughs> so that kind of changed my whole life there. Yeah, I can't imagine there was an extensive <laughs> camera. Uh. <laughs> right, in Mississippi. So I extended for nine months. Mm -hmm. And um, I uh, had to, I made it through. And then I was discharged. And uh, as, as you read there, I was very fortunate. I lived with my aunts, or I would live with my aunts when discharged. And my, uh, my aunts gave me the real advantage as far as rent and everything goes. Mm -hmm. So I was very fortunate. I was out for three days. Mm -hmm. I went out looking for a job, and I got a job in three days at a photo studio. Really? So yes. Do you uh, remember the name of that first photo studio? Judge Photo Studios. And it, wow. it was a, an industrial uh, photography mm -hmm. studio. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to shoot, but I ended up processing film. And it was, I copied all of the work that this photographer had done over years. He was an older gentleman. Mm -hmm. And I called it Pro Project Copycat. And mm -hmm. so I, that's all I did was copy film. And this, this uh, I'll say gentleman, uh, would go out on lunch and come back mm -hmm. drunk or high. <laughs> and he would get on me about things that, that I hadn't done. And I never understood that. Mm -hmm. So I told my aunts, I said, I'm, it's kind of rough down there. And my aunts, uh, told me, well, you know, you've got a place to stay, and you do not have to work for this man. Mm -hmm. So I had the uh, advantage of being able to resign my position there. And the other advantage I had with my aunts was I, in looking for a job, I could look for a job specifically in photography, so I didn't have to work for yeah. McDonald's or something else to keep myself going. So I searched for a job. I didn't get one in three days, but it, it took a little while, but my aunts let me stay there and uh, took care of me mm -hmm. and fed me. So I was fortunate to get a job at Gateway Studios, and Gateway yeah. Studios mm -hmm. was a, an advertising studio and a full-service advertising studio because they processed film there too. Mm -hmm. So I worked in the photo lab, and I wanted to shoot. And they told me, well, eventually you'll get a position as a photographer. Now, let me ask you, at that time, uh, this was in Chicago? Pittsburgh. This was Pittsburgh still. Right. So at that time, were you able to see other black men shooting? I mean, did you see yourself in order to set that goal, or you just knew that's what you wanted to do? Actually, there weren't too many photographers in Pittsburgh, and the, the one iconic photographer was Teeny Harris, mm -hmm. and you can look him up. And he was a news photographer. Mm -hmm. And uh, from the time immemorial, Teeny Harris was the, the black photographer. But at Gateway Studios, I met Fred Kenderson. And Fred Kenderson was another iconic figure. Mm -hmm. And we stay in touch. Mm -hmm. And I read a, a story about him oh, a couple weeks ago. And it, he's a great guy. And I, in talking with him, he showed me or, or alerted me to 
an article about him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love Fred because he was someone that I could look up to. So um, at uh, going back to Gateway Studios, I really wanted to be a photographer. And my love for photography was commercial photography. Mm -hmm. And again, when I was in the Air Force, I would set up little things to shoot uh, sometimes, like aftershave lotion. There was one that shot with aqua velvet and yeah. I shot of <laughs> So I really, my first love was commercial photography. So while at Gateway Studios, and I was in the lab, I could print my own photographs, mm -hmm. color photographs, mm -hmm. even 16 by 20 color photographs mm -hmm. for free. Mm -hmm. So I decided uh, that I was going to get together a portfolio. So I would go out on my lunch break. I never ate on, at lunch. I would go around the city and shoot anything mm. I, I could imagine. I think I showed you a photograph of the uh, little shoeshine boy. Oh, yes, um, yes, yes. Yes, that was shot, mm -hmm. uh, I think, at Penn Avenue. And he mm -hmm. would be out there all the time shining shoes. And that's that one photograph that, that I really love. I love that photograph. I, was, yeah. I, I remember when I was younger and I'd come up and I'd see the little boys who'd want to uh, shine the shoes of the older men. And I remember this little boy, he saw a man walking down the street and he walked up to the man and he said, Mister, you dropped something. And the man looked down, he said, mm -hmm. you dropped your shine, but I can pick it up for you. <laughs> well, this, this little boy was always out shining shoes. And I would, again, on my lunch break, I would always take pictures. And when I was home, I'd go out and take pictures. I'd go back to work and make prints. I was able to print them, mount them. So I got together a portfolio. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go to Chicago and hit on Ebony Magazine. Oh, my goodness. So naive Howard Simmons <laughs> didn't even put together uh, uh, anything but me. And mm -hmm. so I didn't have a resume. I didn't, no resume. I didn't call. No? I just flew. But you had your portfolio of work. Yes, I had my mm -hmm. portfolio. Mm -hmm. And I, I stayed with uh, my friend who was in the Air Force with me, mm -hmm. uh, John Bowen, who ended up being, our, he and his wife ended up being our kid's uh, godfather and godmother awesome. in later years. Walked in the door, and I, I'm trying to remember what I said. <laughs> I walked in with my portfolio, mm -hmm. and I don't know how I introduced myself or asked to see someone. So they sent down a writer. I was to, going to say, because Mr. Johnson often does not, I worked for him for quite a few years, no, and he won't take walk-ins no, appointments. But they sent down Alex Poinsett. You remember mm -hmm. Alex? They sent mm -hmm. a, a writer. They sent him down. And they sent him down to play Interference. So uh, I remember where we, I don't even know where we sat. We didn't go upstairs. This is an old funeral home. And oh, okay. For those who don't know, Ebony started out in an old funeral home. Mm -hmm. uh, so he looked at my portfolio and he was impressed. Mm -hmm. So then I got a chance to see Herb Nipson, managing editor. Yes, good Herb. Good old Herb. I remember Herb. And so he looked at my work and uh, was impressed. And he told me, come back tomorrow and I'll let you see Mr. Johnson. Mm -hmm. This is a fairy tale. Oh, yeah. So I came back and I met Mr. Johnson. He looked at my portfolio and he hired me. Mm -hmm. On the spot. On the spot. Now, I had never worked as a professional photographer. I had never done assignments. I had never gone and, you know, got an assignment from someone and mm -hmm. did a job. Never. 
Now, Gateway Studios, they, I remember doing an aerial shot for something, mm -hmm. but as far as doing a job, yeah, uh, yeah. A, a journalistic job, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I never never did that. Wow. And you know, I never thought about that until fairly recently. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, it took a lot of gall. To go there? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Ebony Magazine, the biggest black magazine in the world. Mm -hmm. And I started out flying around the country, going wow. shooting events and shooting in New York, California, mm. all over the place. And I was able to do it. And again, I didn't think about that until recently. It takes a lot of nerve. Well, one thing I'll say is Mr. Johnson knows talent. And when he finds good talent, he takes you on. But you know, he kind of had, he was kind of like, like the uh, plantation owners. Because yes. he felt like everybody on the Johnson plantation belonged to him. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Johnson was something else to work for. Yes, he was. Yes. Yes, he but was. I have to be thankful that he hired me a photographer with no background, mm -hmm. no resume. I came in out of nowhere. Right. And I started working. And in nine months, I, I, I left in nine months because he wouldn't give me a raise. I was getting yeah. married to the young lady who's over in the corner there. Uh, <laughs> so, that beautiful lady. <laughs> yes. Um, I asked him for a raise. Mr. Johnson, I'm getting married mm -hmm. um, this August. And he just said no. No excuse? No, 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 right. no explanation, just no. No. That's Mr. Johnson. Yes. And that in is nine Mr. months, Johnson. I had done 40 out-of-town assignments mm -hmm. in nine months. But let me tell you how Mr. Johnson is. So now, by this time, he had sent you to Paris, is that right? No. Oh, he hadn't yet? No. You didn't go to Paris until after you left. After I left, right. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. And that's an interesting story, too, because I had my studio on Chicago Avenue at that time. Mm -hmm. So I got a call from Mrs. Johnson, mm -hmm. and she asked me if I could go to Paris and, and do a shoot. Mm -hmm. Now at that time, she had never sent a black photographer to Paris. They would always call. Yeah, I was gonna say, because Ebony Fashion Fair travels, you know, Paris is their annual. Right, well, I didn't shoot an actual fashion show. Mm -hmm. They shoot for the magazine, They shoot some of the fashions that will appear mm -hmm. in the magazine. And so they have some of these stunning fashions as well you know. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of a preview yeah. that they show in the magazine. Mm -hmm. So she called and asked me about that. But what happened, she had forgotten to book the photographer in Paris. <laughs> and so uh, she had talked to Mr. Johnson about that. And he said, why not call Howard and see if he'll do it. Mm -hmm. And so they called me and I was surprised. Mm -hmm. And so they set it all up. And that was interesting because I'm going to Paris and shooting for actually Mr. Johnson and Mrs. Johnson. Yes. And you know that was a challenge. Mrs. Johnson. Well, I have to tell you. Yes, I do know. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, have styled swimsuit issues for uh, Mrs. Johnson for uh, Ebony Magazine. Oh, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Johnson is another character. So, oh, yes. so I'm going to another country to shoot in a studio with which I'm not familiar. Mm -hmm. So I get to Paris and... Had you been to Paris before? Mm, did we go? No, I hadn't been to Paris. Mm -hmm. So when you're going to a strange studio that that's a challenge because 
all you're taking is your camera. Mm. So that means you have to deal with the lighting there, you have to deal with the environment there, you have to deal with the, everything, the setup. Mm -hmm. And so I walked in the door and they had a light. I have a, at my studio, I had a big four foot by six foot light that I had built. Mm -hmm. And I walked in the door and they had a light very similar to mine. Really? And I said, I'm home. <laughs> so I'm home. So, uh, what happens is they bring these exotic dresses mm -hmm. to you to shoot. Yes. And they do not leave them. Mm -hmm. They drop them, wait for them. Mm -hmm. These are priceless. Yes. So you don't have much time. Mm -hmm. Now the thing, one thing about the studio, it was so small. Mm. It, was, it was so small that sometimes mm -hmm. the models are behind you dressing um, <laughs> and they had for the makeup they had there was a little balcony and when mm -hmm. I say little we're talking little you can barely get up wow. the steps to get to the little balcony and that was the challenge mm -hmm. and the other challenge was Mrs. Johnson <laughs> I'm, I'm shooting and Mrs. Johnson is standing beside me saying shoot that Right. Shoot, that's Mrs. Johnson. I'm shooting. That's shooting right. And so it was interesting. But the first, the first time I shot, um, she was very pleased. So the second time I shot, I asked uh, Mrs. Johnson if I could use canvas backgrounds as opposed to just a white paper. Right. And she said, "Well, if you're shooting, you're gonna pay for the canvas to rent the canvas. I'll pay you back, but you, you're gonna pay for it." Mm -hmm. So I shot with canvas because she had to see what they would look like first. Right. <laughs> Well, and let's look at the, a couple of those yeah. pictures because yeah. I think that is beautiful. Is this the picture here? Yeah, from yes, Paris. There it is. But she she loved the photographs. Yeah. So from then on. And this is one of those fabric backgrounds. The, yes, the canvas. She she loved the photographs. Wow. From then on, they did use canvas. She never paid me. She never paid you back for the canvas. No, never. I'm not surprised. No. This is how it was. This yes. is, I'm not going to say this is how it was in general, but this is definitely how it was with Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. What a, what a character, though. But people were afraid of her. But one thing, we got along. I joked with her. Oh, she was her. great. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. got along. Yeah. She, she was a character, but we did get along. Yeah. And so they sent me there actually close to 10 times. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that must have been just wonderful knowing you were the first black that they sent. Right. And then they sent you multiple times. Right. What was it like to get that first call after you had already left the company when they called you for that it next was, first job? It was like, what, who? me? <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is I'm not really a fashion photographer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think I produced photographs and I'm, it's kind of delicate to say this, but I think I shot photographs better than the ones that she got before. Uh -huh. And so they were very pleased. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it helped my portfolio too. Well, before you worked for Johnson Publishing Company, what other publications had you worked for? None. Just I about told you. what? I told no you experience. I walked in the door with no experience. Mm. And, and so the other thing too is when I left the Sun-Times, I had never done any commercial work. And I went mm -hmm. off on my own without having mm -hmm. any experience in commercial work. I'm like my father. Yeah. My father 
was a character. <laughs> and he, I found more out about my father recently than I knew. He was something so else. He was quite a character. Oh yeah, he did, <laughs> he did things, uh, you know, Catch Me If You Can, that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. He was, in Pittsburgh, he was a physical therapist. He had a physical therapist business and he was not a physical therapist. <laughs> But, and other things he did, he was uh, a healer. Yeah. He had a healing thing. He had a thing healing he thing. Yes. Really? And did he have stones? And I don't know if he had, that wasn't in then, stones, but okay. he had, a, I heard from my uh, cousins that he had a healing service. He had a tent and he had a oh, turban. Oh my goodness. And here's the interesting thing. He laid hands on the woman in the wheelchair and she got up and walked. Uh-oh. He left the tent and everything <laughs> and he would see this woman walking down the street and he would cross the street. <laughs> he so, said he better leave God Yeah, alone. so he did things and he, he ventured out and uh, tried different things. Yeah. So as a commercial photographer, I learned a lot on my own mm -hmm. and took chances, but mm -hmm. uh, I did them legitimately, not, not by my dad, no. <laughs> yes. So I left the Sun-Times with no really experience in commercial photography. Mm -hmm. And the one person who I'm, I'm just so indebted to is Vince Colors. Yes. Because when I moved to Chicago mm -hmm. uh, to work for Ebony, again, commercial photography was my first love. Yes. I learned that there was a black advertising agency. Now Vince Colors was before Burrell. A lot of mm -hmm. people think Burrell was number one, but Vince Colors was the first. Yeah. And I, I heard about a black advertising agency, Vince Colors. Mm -hmm. So I had to meet Vince Colors. Mm -hmm. So I went and I introduced myself and met Vince Colors, and he's a great guy. Mm -hmm. So. After I left the Sun-Times, I immediately went to Vince Colors. <laughs> and Vince gave me opportunities with his number one clients. And he is the reason I was able to make it in commercial photography. Really? Because he gave me opportunities with his number one clients, mm -hmm. like Kellogg's, and then Amico, mm -hmm. which is now BPO, mm -hmm. and Sears. And it's all because of events. Wow, that's amazing. That yes. is amazing. Another person I have to give kudos to is Lowell Thompson. Mm. Lowell Thompson uh, was an art director at Burrell. Mm -hmm. And th this guy was just a wonderful guy to me he, he, yeah. uh, as an art director. And he's a character, too. I love Lowell. Well, you know, you have a knack for being at the right place at the right time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think about uh, you being asked to go to Paris. Um, and, and, and it reminds me of a story I heard you talk about when, uh, I mean, these guys, they had to know you that you had skills other than photography. Uh, when you have a Burrell advertising that wants a poem from Maya Angelou, and Maya Angelou is saying, well, sure, I'll write the poem, but you're going to have to give me a million dollars, something like that. And they turned around and said, well, okay, Maya, thank you very much. We've got Howard Simmons. <laughs> Well, I don't think it was quite like that, but I know happen? they called me. Uh, How she do you wanted... get to be second to Maya Angelou to write a poem, uh, and you're a photographer? Well, they knew that I had some poetic skills, I suppose, but I was driving, I was down Chicago, I think it was on Michigan Avenue, mm -hmm. and they called me, and they understood as I understand or understood it, mm -hmm. uh, Maya Angelou was to write a poem for a Sears ad on 
Women's Black Women's History Month, I mm -hmm. think it was, mm -hmm. and Maya Angelou wanted an exorbitant amount of money for the poem. Mm -hmm. And they called me and they said, Howard, can you write a poem for a Sears ad? And I said, sure. <laughs> and the poem started turning around in my head right away. Right then and there. Just look at you. And I can't remember the whole poem, but it was just look at you in all your womanly glory. Mm. Just look at you, strutting your stuff past all, I wish I could remember, I can't remember yeah. the poem. You know, we looked to see if That's find okay, it. we'll try to find it, because if we find it at the time, by the time we air this, we're going to post Oh, it. I have it at home, so okay, you'll get good. it. Okay, good, we'll get it. And they, uh, the poem was put in the shape of a woman. Mm. Now, at the first women's uh, black Expo. Expo, Black Women's Expo. Black Women's Expo. Mm -hmm. They had the poem at all the tables rolled, rolled up. Wow. Yes, and uh, I added one thing that I thought would be unique in mm -hmm. the poem. It says, from the differently able to the able to be different. The by all means, the by no means, to the in-betweens. Just look at you. Woman, you are some kind of woman. Oh, I love it. Yes. And that's got Maya style to it. Oh. I, yeah. Never thought about that. It does. But I was, that's a, a real compliment mm -hmm. and uh, a real, I mean, just to think in place of Maya Angelou. Yeah. Yeah, so. Now tell me, Howard, there was a famous photo exhibit um, that uh, back in 1973. Um, now, oh, but you know what I want to talk to you about before that? Okay. All right. Let's go back to, I think the year was 1971. You got a telephone call. And the telephone call said, I have in my possession some materials that I found at a, I don't even know where the guy found it, negatives and all kinds of things that you had lost. It was prints at uh, my last studio on North Avenue, mm -hmm. and the there was a guy who who got his mother to buy the building, mm -hmm. and actually he wouldn't let me get back in the building. And there were actually a lot of prints, and uh, there were no negatives, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the gentleman called me and kind of think of his name. I have him in my phone, mm -hmm. and I he's been on my mind. I'm going to call him, and he called me and. A friend of his, a young lady who wrote for the reader, mm -hmm. uh, they came to my house and brought all these prints that I had, and he brought them to Was me. Was it Dave Mata? Yes, Dave Mata. Mm -hmm. Yes, from Wicker Park. Well, that's where the mm -hmm. warehouse yes. was. Yes. Yes, and uh, that was a wonderful thing that he did for me, and I. I think he said that when he called you, you said it's like Christmas. <laughs> I did. That's what I said. I remember, but. Uh, that, that was really a great thing, and I, I've got to get back in touch with, with Dave, because yeah, that was yeah. a really wonderful thing that he did. Yeah, I can imagine losing, you know. With, yes, uh, thank goodness they weren't negatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah because recently I have um, gone through my negatives, and I've thought, I, I've thought how valuable they are, yeah. and so I purchased a safe and making sure it's waterproof and fireproof because you can't put a price tag on yes, that. Yes, that's right. Thing, even jewelry, you can lose jewelry, you can lose money. You can get some more money, you can get some more jewelry. But what <laughs> do people look for 
after a storm, after a hurricane, after a flood. Photos. They look for their photos. That's right. And that's the thing we spend a lifetime creating. My father always said, you know, spend your lifetime creating memories that are going to make you smile for the rainy days that are sure to come. And the best way to create those memories is through photographs and writings. And sadly, people have the majority of their photographs as color photographs. Mm -hmm. Color photographs will fade. Yeah, faster. Yeah, they will fade. Uh, black and white properly, properly processed, they can obtain what is considered archival permanency. Mm. You see the old photographs yeah. from way, 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 way back. And you have to wonder things. I, I remember Mr. Johnson's collection. He had so many photographs from the early 1500s and 1300s. Yes. And speaking about photographs and prints, let's go through some of your photographs. Okay, we'll start off with him. Oh, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> yes. What a beautiful photo. I have photographs of the just about the whole staff mm -hmm. that I photographed in a staff meeting. This is long after I left. Yeah. And I have Herb Nixon, I have Lerone Bennett, yeah. I have, of, of course, uh, Herb Nixon, I have Johnson. Linda Johnson in that meeting. So that, that's a, a very important photograph. Check these guys out. Wow, this is, this is vintage. So, Oh, look at Harold Washington. He was, I was in his office, and he was just deep in thought. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the other one of him. Oh, where is it? I've got to find that. Where is it? It's got to be here. so we, many beautiful photos. There's um, Oprah. But we, and remember, we have to get that photograph of Jesse Jackson. Yes, that's right. We will. I'll get it to his daughter. Look at Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, gold, he was here for Golden Boy, mm -hmm. and uh, I was fortunate to be able to get a print to him, mm -hmm. which, which he loved. And Walter Payton. Oh, now this is a famous picture of uh, Walter Payton. Now, wasn't they, that on the cover? When he passed mm -hmm, away, mm -hmm. the Sun Times used this photo on the whole cover of the Sun-Times. Wow. I've never seen that done before. I think about singers today who, in this digital revolution, talk about how they just are treated so unfairly because they don't get the royalties that they deserve. A photograph like that, when you get up, did they ask your permission to use it? Did you they, wake up and just see it in the newspaper? I woke up and saw it, because this was years after I left the paper. Sure. But his son, uh, because I gave um, Walter uh, a 16 by 20 of this and other prints of this. A great guy, I really, really liked him. So I gave, his son gave it to the Sun-Times. Mm -hmm. And actually that was an honor. Yeah, yeah, I right. believe it. But, but, but royalties for photographers, I mean, don't you get paid for it has, the use of that? There photo? have been, uh, or there has been a change in the way photographers are given ownership of their work with different publications. And unless you have signed a contract mm -hmm. giving whatever publication for which, that you work for, mm -hmm. you actually have ownership of all your images. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's recent. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to go to court, you can do it. But, that's um, beautiful. Let me show hey, you. I remember this photo. That that's a famous Coca-Cola ad, right? That was a billboard, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I did win an award for that. 
Um, I remember that. Where's our Hal Washington photograph? Hold on a minute. Yeah, Harold. Um, I think he was back here. I remember seeing his it? beautiful you know smile. Do it. Yeah. Keep. Oh. That's the thing about digital. But yeah. you know, I, I look at I, these I beautiful. Look at that. This is a beautiful picture here. Yeah, the kids at Cabrini Green. Oh my goodness. You know, one thing that has changed with um, what's going on with our society, I used to walk around and go yeah. around the hood with my cameras and shoot. Can't do that They'll anymore. They'll take it from you. They will take it from you and uh, take you from you. And take you from your camera. That's yeah. right. Where is, what happened to, see sometimes something will happen and your images will die, but I, you know, oh, there he is. Oh, look at that. There's, There's a, no smile like Harold Washington's smile. And he you was just, captured just it. laughing. He was laughing at something and just, I, I grabbed, <laughs> He got gets tickled. Child. Yes. That is a great photo and it's black and white with yeah. all the rich mm. shadows. Yes, yes, I love, love black and white. Oh my goodness, look at that. Um, when you saw this earlier, I have to tell the world this one. <laughs> she found an element in this photograph that I really love. Uh, it's a photograph that I saw the image, which I call a canvas, the background. And I, I really like the background. This, this is on the west side. What year was that, or how long ago? It was during um, a parade and I was walking down Central, south of the lake. I saw the background, and I'll call it the canvas. And I said, I need an element. Mm -hmm. And I waited, and the cycle guy on the bicycle came by, and it was the perfect element. Mm. I've seen this thing for years. <laughs> she saw it, and immediately she said, look, there's an African-American flag. I mean, small, tiny, up, yeah. right up there, <laughs> and I had never seen it. And I printed this thing a thousand times. Wow! It, but it's such That's a nice beautiful. element. It it's is such a nice element. Oh my goodness! I love the monochromatic of this. The 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 red that just pops. And with the railing, this is uh, stairway going down to the uh, Grand uh, Subway, mm -hmm. CTA Subway. But that's the thing about photography. There, there are many elements to it. Um, oh, beautiful. Look at all the different colors of those newsstands. Mm -hmm. uh, I, oh. I'm just so fortunate to have found photography. Yes. And I, I'm just appreciative of fate that photography found me. Um, and we were getting ready to talk about our, my guys. Mm -hmm. Bob Black, Obi Carter, um, John White, myself. Yes. And I always say that these guys keep me humble. They are just superb photographers. And I can't get a big head mm -hmm. because you have to see their work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Obi and, and John have won Pulitzers. Yeah. And their work is just wonderful. So what happened, and I didn't realize it was so, such a short time after I came to Chicago and uh, 
worked with the Sun-Times that we put together an exhibit through Eyes of Blackness. Yes, yes. And we had prints from, I think the smallest prints were probably 16 by 20, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the largest was 40 by 60, mm -hmm. and mounted on fiberboard. And I owe a lot to the former president, or he's passed away, of uh, Parker House Sausage, mm -hmm. Daryl Grisham. God rest his soul. Yes, and he really helped us, and uh, I was able to get help from Kodak mm -hmm. and uh, Gamma Photo Labs. And so it was a wonderful exhibit, and we worked so hard on that. We did all the prints up to 20 by 24 ourselves. And how, was it just the three of you? It was the four of us. Four, four of you? Yes. And this was 1973? 73. Yeah. And the unique thing about the exhibit, which had, I, I think, maybe 50, 60 prints, um, was that in the display, we had no names on any of the photographs, and they were integrated. So it made the exhibit very unique so that all of our photographs complemented each other. Mm. And I don't, well, maybe it's happened, I don't know of an exhibit where photographers or artists mm. would put their work all together and not have yeah. any kind of a comp, uh, indication of who shot mm -hmm. what. Mm -hmm. and. It was a wonderful exhibit. Mm. It went uh, to Wingspread in Wisconsin. It, it was exhibited at uh, the Sun-Times. That was the first time this, the Sun-Times had an exhibit of their photographers. Really? Because of the Sun-Times, and John White was at the Daily News, and Obie was at the Tribune, and Bob, of course, at the Sun-Times, too. And it, we want to do it again. Well, that was a time when they valued photographers. I mean, now they're firing photographers yeah. left and right in droves and groups. This, was this exhibit dismantled? Where is yes. it today? We had packed it away, and we think it said push under the stage. <laughs> we don't really know. Oh, no. Yes. Mm. So. Well, I tell you what, when we get Reverend Jackson that picture, we need to have them pull yeah, out a couple of boards and yes. see if that exhibit is underneath there. Yes. Um, Today, this mm -hmm. now is used so much for photography. The phone. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. doing a wonderful job. Mm -hmm. The cell phones are doing so much, and now it's doing a lot of things that Photoshop does. Yeah. And so I don't know what the future is. Well, I mean, I think about those days, so many, buddy, any, almost any artist who's anybody came through the Chicago Southside Community Arts Center. Um, yourself included. Yes. Uh, maybe that's one of the places that will start to take phone, the iPhone and its capabilities to and, another uh, level with well, the artists. Thing, the thing about uh, taking photographs with, with your iPhone is you lose the technical aspects of shooting. You don't know anything about depth of field, you don't know anything about um, aperture and aperture, shutter speed, and how they relate. You know anything about it's just something. There's something called the shim flug. Uh, shim flug. Shim flug, and that's that's what you do with a view camera, mm -hmm. and how you when you tilt your lens and your back, and they all correspond to the point point uh, together. Then you can actually focus on infinity, mm. and 
things such as that and understanding uh, the focus one third of the way into your subject and you mm -hmm. can get the maximum depth of field, mm -hmm. aperture that you shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, just basic things like that and mm -hmm. understanding uh, contrast and uh, what lens to use for maximum depth of field. Even knowing though that even suppose, supposedly you attain maximum depth of field, uh, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to make, let me, you know, let me go back. Mm -hmm. Supposedly you do not get, it doesn't matter whether you use telephoto in wide angle. Technically, supposedly the wide angle lens gives you more depth of field than a telephoto. But in practice, it doesn't apply in reality. Really? Yeah, so, so it's really like knowing where, like when you mention infinity, I think about the infinity pools and there's that line. Uh, where two things meet. Is that what you're talking about? No, when infinity is uh, focusing until everything is as far as you can see. <laughs> infinity, mm, infinity. Mm, mm. Um, and supposedly a wide angle gives you more depth of field than a telephoto. Mm -hmm. In practice, it doesn't but really it doesn't work. But yeah. it doesn't work. And that's the thing about shooting and understanding certain things. Uh, just chromatic aberration in your lens, just things like that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. So when you're shooting with the camera, it, it just makes a difference in mm -hmm. knowing what to do and, and understanding uh, what happens when you do use mm -hmm. uh, telephoto lens and you get what's called compression. And so you will use a certain lens for certain reasons mm -hmm. and uh, even if you get distortion. And sometimes it, when you break the rules mm -hmm. and you know what the rules are, yeah. then you get repeatability. Mm. But if something mm. happens by accident and you don't know why it happened, yeah. then you can't get repeatability. That's right, that's yeah. right. But it takes a lot of play time, I guess. Yeah, so that's the only that's thing. You should take your phone and you shoot and you say, oh, that's really nice. And something happened weird, but you don't know why the weird happened. Right. So, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I love my phone, but I have spent money on some serious cameras that I do not know how to use, but I've told myself these are things I love, and the day will come when I have more time to learn to use them. Yes. And yeah. I intend to. I'm going to interrupt right here because I thought about something that's important. Yes. We lost a wonderful photographer, mm. David Jenkins. Oh, yes. Yes. And, and I, and Tell us about heart. your experience with well, David. Well, I've known him for years, and the thing, uh, a wonderful photographer, mm -hmm. photographer, and what happened when I learned about it, I had just been working with my negatives, finding negatives I hadn't seen mm -hmm. in years, and f discovering negatives like the Walter Pate negatives. I found them, I had lost them for years. Right. And then when I learned about David passing, it hit me particularly hard. Yeah. And I had tears uh, behind losing him. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't seen him in years. Yeah. In years, I hadn't seen David. And it just shows we're all gonna go that way. We're all going sometime. Yeah. We're all going sometime. And yeah. as we think about that and wrap up this interview, I think about what's next for Howard Simmons. I mean, you're a photographer. You've, you've ventured out in so many aspects of photography. You're a poet. And I understand you're even a lyricist. I have done some, but it's daddy coming on again. I'm not, I'm not really. <laughs> Jack of all trades and master of anyone you choose to be. Not really, but Vince Cullen shows up again. Yeah. Uh, with Vince, I, I did some uh, jingles for 
Amico, and then something for the state of Illinois. And as a matter of fact, Lowell Thompson worked with me on uh, <laughs> one for, for the state of Illinois. Uh -huh. Love that guy. Um, but here again, again, my father, I had a fairy tale dad. Mm -hmm. He was a wonderful father. He got me into model airplanes, mm -hmm. the ones that fly. Yes. He got me into model trains and the HO gauge trains. Mm -hmm. I, um, when I worked at a barbershop, I would clean the, up at the barbershop mm -hmm. and shine shoes. <laughs> and he would come down whenever he could muster the time. He would come down and help me clean up. Mm -hmm. And just a, a great dad. Mm -hmm. And for my HO gauge train, the, those are the small trains, mm -hmm. uh, I had uh, the layout. He built uh, some, some of the buildings mm -hmm. out of matchsticks. I had a very talented father. He uh, had Bud Simmons and the Dixie Brownies, which is a music musical mm -hmm. group. Uh, long before I was on the scene, <laughs> but uh, Dad, I had a, again a fairy tale dad, and that I lost him at the age of sixteen. Oh, oh, yeah. what memories though! Yeah, because clearly they were indelible. They've stayed with you all this time. Yes. Howard Simmons, I want to thank you for joining us today. This has been a dynamic conversation letting all of our audience know about your work and your history. You are truly, truly one of our living legends. Can I end this interview with family? Yes. Uh, and the Simmons Women's. That's my, my wife, yes. my daughter Tracy, Christy, and Robin. I, my daughters have been so successful and they are, that's my, main achievement in life. Mm. Uh, we have a wonderful family. Awesome. I'm so proud of my girls. They've all succeeded in life, mm -hmm. all master's degrees, mm -hmm. and just wonderful people. I'm so proud of my daughters. God That's my achievement. That's God bless you. God bless you. And of course, my wonderful wife. Your wonderful, beautiful wife, I, who is very patient, I might add. Oh, she is. She is. <laughs> And I, and I tell her, I tell people, I don't know anyone like her, except there's one person that I know who is like her, and that's her mom, who mm -hmm. has passed away. But, God rest her soul, yes. yes. Well, thank you again. We appreciate that. This has been Black Muse. We're creatives from the worlds of jazz, hip-hop, gospel politics, sports, fashion, theater, and literature. Engage in the lively art of conversation. I'm Doris Davenport. Thank you for joining us. We're going to take a few minutes. I, I want to run through some of those beautiful photos. I mean, there is so much diversity of every kind in these photos, from style to the black and white, the color, the just sheer number of notable people you've interviewed. Let's take a minute and look through these.
I'd like to say this was a colorful conversation, but in reality, it was black and white. Why do I say that? Because in black and white photography, you get the richness and the depth and the shadows, and we've taken that journey with Howard Simmons all through his career. I hope it's been a joy for you.